Yeah, with my tits out, you know. We have to know why does mom have her tits out? That's exactly. so strange. It's very out of character. My mom for her. never dressed like that. Yeah, is she okay? Is <laughs> yes. like mom okay? Do we need to call someone? You know, do we not need to call Aunt Carol? Because yes. like mom's got her tits out just in the kitchen. We need to know why. Ooh, Aunt Carol's know? coming over. Uh oh. Uh oh. And now, oh no, Aunt Carol needs. Oh, that's the other one. Oh, your aunt needs help getting pregnant. Oh, so no. we're going to help you impregnate her because she just needs a healthy young man. There you go. With your eye color. So it's. <laughs> But first, a word from our sponsors. The Handy is leading a sex toy revolution for the dick havers. So you're going to want to get this one wrapped around your cock with free shipping when you use promo code BILLY20 at thehandy.com. Dick wipes. Yes, I am telling you about Promescent's new dick wipes. These wipes will help you last longer in bed and take up no more space than a condom. Buy Promescent's new delay wipes today at Promescent, P-R-O-M-E-S-C-E-N-T dot com. Now let's get to the show. Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. Shout out to the MILFs, the DILFs, the GILFs, and the people who just found out their grandparents are still fucking. This is Billy Presida, and you're listening to the Man Whore Podcast. And I might have been the one who had sex with them. Hi, everybody. Welcome to my show. This week, oh gosh, dear OM and G, rarely do I get to say this, but I got to interview one of my favorite porn stars ever. The Rachel Steele. If you're not familiar with Rachel Steele's work, clearly you're not a very big fan of incest porn. That's okay. We're going to acquaint you via one of the OG MILFs, Rachel Steele. But first, I'm noticing something among humans who get horny for men. A rise in vocal attraction to the thick boy. Yeah, the soft guy, the dad bod, the man with something to grab onto, the dude with a big butt and a good dick, a clan of which I consider myself a member, though I usually just called my body type orgy alternate. I mean, look, hey, men get unfair body representations too. We have to be what? We have to be fit and strong and have a full head of hair and be protective, or we have to be rich or funny. And I am only like one of those things on a really good day. Am I wrong? You know, Kevin James on King of Queens gets to be with Leah Romini because he's hilarious. Not because he's sexy. Like she almost finds him sexy and attractive despite his looks and because of his personality. All I ever wanted was for someone to look at me and go, hmm, I got to fuck that guy before they knew my personality, right? Okay. But now. Now, I saw a Reddit After Dark post this week asking what people found hot about men's bodies. And I saw so many comments appreciating a guy with meat on the bones, a guy with love handles, a a guy with a hairy chest and some belly. A beard appears to go a long way. And I was, I was floored. What? Yeah, I knew dad bods were a thing over the last decade, but I I think there was always a huge misunderstanding of what a dad bod was. You know, dad bod is a guy who looks like he went to the gym a lot six months ago. 
you know, it, uh, Tad, but it's a dude who it's not, it's not like just a chubby guy. It's like a dude who played varsity in high school and now works out three times a month. That's a dad bod. Okay. And that was in vogue. I get that, but I, I, you know, I, I don't think that that was us, but now the thick guy, and I say thick, like T H I C C the thick guy, the strong, but soft body, you know, the grabbable, but firm in the important parts body. I think that look is about to have a fucking era uh, you know a look that says hey i like video games but can also chop your wood and take care of the baby i stitched a tiktok earlier this year of a lesbian who was like i'm gay except for sweaty bearded chubby men girl i'm right here ever see me after walking four i mean three i mean two flights of stairs i'm the guy I did a photo shoot with a lover of mine uh, over the weekend for OnlyFans, and and, she, and they kept saying how hot I looked. And then I showed the pictures to my girlfriend, and she thought I looked super hot in them. And I looked at them, but I just saw like belly and an undefined chest and a neck that could be tighter. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm not an expert in finding men attractive, so I will defer to them. And the, the, the various opinions I am seeing more vocally, more visibly, unashamedly on the social media. And I don't know what's accounting for the rise in horniness for love handles, but I'm here for it. Part of the reason I've had such a hard time believing women found me objectively attractive over the years is, is because I never saw women say publicly that they wanted to fuck Parks and Recreation Chris Pratt until he became Jurassic World Chris Pratt. Uh, but now he's Republican, Chris Pratt, and so a lot of you no longer want to fuck him. Go you. It's uh, it's also not for nothing. Kind of a similar way I feel about the podcast, where I'm like, you tell me so much in private, you love the show, but until you say it publicly, <laughs> over the last decade, right, with the rise of body positivity, you know, we've been seeing more and more men openly admit to being attracted to fat chicks too, instead of worrying about like what their boys would think. Because, right, some hot chicks are fat, some hot chicks are thin, some hot chicks are in between, whatever. So I don't know if women are giving less of a fuck about admitting how hard they've always wanted to rail fat Thor, or if being with chubby dudes just, like, puts less pressure on them to get thin and fit and toned, uh, or if maybe too many men with eight packs let them down. Or, and this is, like, my favorite theory, that uh, people, because of those eight-pack dudes who let them down, they, like, see a chubby guy with a cute face or pretty eyes, hey, and ascribe certain personality traits to that body type as they are, like, maybe looking for a more serious relationship. Like, shout out to any chick who just wants to casually have one-night stands with the big, burly dude. Fucking, you're a MVP out there. I don't know what it is, but hey, ladies, keep posting your thick dick thirst. It's making my goddamn day. And to the queer dudes listening, I did not forget about you, and I never will. Never, ever. To the queer dudes listening, y'all have been into bears for decades. So once again, y'all have pioneered a new movement for straight women to co-opt as their own. I appreciate your service. But whatever, I feel I feel like I'm now just gonna have new things to worry about. I was my, my girlfriend wanted to watch with me one of the pornos I did, uh, the the one I did with my former guest Kathy Risenwitz. Hey, uh, and and at one point like we're making out and I I bend down to like suck on her titty and my the top of my head faces the camera. Did not think about that. So my girlfriend's watching this and getting really turned on, and I'm watching it being like, oh fuck, does the top of my head look like that in real life? Shit. 
I'm trading in the bodily insecurity for a hair insecurity. Uh, so we'll just see how that develops over my 30s. Hey, new decade, new things to, to be concerned about. Again, or I could not give a shit what other people think. That one seems difficult. <laughs> Folks, it's your last chance this week. Your last chance. Leave your audio questions and feedback. Yes, this week. I'm The phone number's dead in November. Leave your audio questions and feedback this week. You just might hear it on the podcast. Leave a message at 646-580-1351. Again, that's 646 646- Five eight zero one three five one. All right, before we get to my guest, Rachel Steele, let's do a quick fan whore appreciation moment. Yes, want to give a shout out to a fan whore who is supporting me, not just with words and likes and downloads, but with their doll hairs on Patreon. Yes, Zebediah, what's up, buddy? I looked up that name, Zebediah, because you were very secretive about who you are in real life. So all I was able to find was that um, it's a Hebrew origin, meaning gift of Jehovah. And I want to say Zebediah to me, that name means uh, a man who gives a gift of money to Billy's rent. Thank you for your support of the Man Whore podcast and, uh, and, and my various works and doings. Getting yourself a Patreon fan whore membership is the best way you can support this podcast and the work that I do, help keep a roof over my head and condoms on my cock. You get access to a whole bunch of bonus episodes and behind the scenes content. Uh, But of course, you always get a shout out here on the show. Jamie H. writes, I gotta admit, Billy, hearing my name on your podcast was fucking awesome. I'm so glad I was introduced to you and this group of beautiful humans. Jamie, yes, I'm also glad that uh, that your partner brought you to ManhorCon this year and that you have fallen so in tune with our slutty tribe. Uh, a, a mini extra shout out to you as well. And thanks again to Zebediah. And you too can join our, our merry band of ManHore misfits on Patreon. Become a member today. Support the whore boy you love at patreon.com slash podcast. That's Patreon, P-A-T, R-E-O-N dot com slash man whore podcast. And now for this week's guest, <laughs> Rachel Steele. Uh, she is one of the OG MILFs. I would say she's like the reigning queen of incest porn. Before I started this podcast in 2014, I probably could have named like a half dozen or so porn stars because I normally didn't make it to the end credits. Uh, but, but Rachel Steele was one of the ones who I kn- would know and recognize and who I'd be excited if a random clip I downloaded happened to be of her. Because when you know when I was in high school, that was the the Napster, LimeWire, Morpheus days. That's back when like my porn catalog involved me searching a keyword, clicking a bunch of shit. And whichever files like went through and weren't corrupted, that was my that was my porn library, of which Rachel's clips were often there. And I gotta tell you, uh, one of the Nina Hartley kept my shit together. I mean, like, was I nervous internally? Sure, but like externally, kept my shit together. I meet the authors of The Ethical Slut, I kept my shit together, right? I've interviewed Dane Cook, who growing up was one of my favorite comedians as a kid, Uh, kept my shit together externally. Rachel, at one point, I had to apologize and say, hey, I swear I'm not like a creepy porn fanboy, but for some reason, I'm having trouble keeping my composure. She was so gracious, Uh, cool fucking lady, had a really great conversation, got to know her story. 
got to learn about the uh, the fan she fucked and is now going to marry. And of course, we talked about one of the most popular categories in porn, incest porn, of which I think she is the queen. I am so excited to say, I mean, uh, and after driving, you know, probably 13, 14 hours round trip last week to get this interview, <laughs> I am so incredibly excited and pleased to share with you my conversation with, oh, gosh, a mom I'd like to fuck. I think she's okay with me saying that. Rachel Steele. Anytime she's just telling me like, no, please don't stop. Please faster, harder, faster, harder. I'm like, do you want to, do you want to like get there or do you want me to keep doing it like this? And I'm going to come before you, but I don't have to worry about that with my sponsor this week, Promescent. Yes. Promescent is a sexual wellness company whose flagship product is something I literally keep in my bag all the time. Promescent's Patented delay spray, which is proven safe. Their delay spray, oh gosh, this thing really works. It gives, it just gives you a little, 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 little baby bit of nidocaine that numbs your dick. Just a little, 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 just enough bit in just the right spot to let you really keep pounding away when that person you're inside of is just like, if you stop, I'm gonna murder you. I don't think I'm like officially allowed to say this, but like personally, my opinion is that Promescent will help you and your dick not get murdered. <laughs> and the delay spray, which is great if you suffer from medical premature ejaculation, it's fantastic. But they now come out with a new product, the delay wipes dick wipes. Yes, I'm sponsored by dick wipes and I think you should get some. They're great for the casual user and they're really convenient packets that are no bigger than the condom you're already carrying. So seriously, take it from the fuck boy you listen to every week. You want to get your hands and your dick on some promescent. So head on over to promescent.com today. Okay, today, one more time, the website is promescent, P-R-O-M-E-S-C-E-N-T dot com. And at checkout, don't forget to let them know who sent you. The Man Whore Podcast is sponsored by The Handy, the hand job machine that gets it right and that gets it so incredibly real. They don't make a lot of toys for the dudes with the dicks, but this is a, one of those rare toys for dudes with the dicks that's actually good. And you can give an access code for your handy to anyone anywhere in the world, and then they can jerk you off from afar. By the way, Kingsters, have you not thought about the tease and denial applications of this teledildonic? Oh my gosh. You give your access key to just some sort of fucking sadist who wants to edge you longer and longer because they can control the speed and length of the strokes and they can make the toy stop entirely. Oh, the glorious pain. The Oh, yes, right? Or you could do forced orgasms with it too and you just make the handy keep going and going no matter how sensitive his dick gets. Yes! Get yourself a handy and use my promo code when you do it. Because look, when you go to the website, it says free shipping. Everyone gets free shipping. Man or podcast listeners exclusively get free expedited shipping when you use my promo code Billy20 at checkout. 
So get yourself set up with the dick toy you never knew you needed today at thehandyhandy.com and use promo code Billy, B-I-L-L-Y-2-0. Now let's get to the show. So I've been in the industry for now 15 years, and I've always been a solo artist, producer, um, and I chose that. I sort of stayed out of the mainstream. It wasn't my style of shooting. Also, I'm my own boss, and I've always kind of had that mentality. So to shoot for other producers, I was never, like, excited about that. Yeah, because even some people who go and, like, go their own, forge their own path at some point, you might still see, like, their early day clips floating around. But, like, yeah. I don't, I've never seen anything from you that wasn't yours. Yep. Was it? Was Is it... Is it Red Milk Productions? Yes, yeah. Like I've never seen something without that watermark with yes. you in it. You know, that's I'm very proud of that. So yeah, there's like I have over uh, quite a big library, three to five thousand videos that I've produced and directed and starred in myself. Um, and I've only shot for a couple producers in my <clears throat> uh, career. Nina Hartley was one of them. Mm, yeah. Um, and uh, Miami, I did Score Magazine, and and then a couple of bondage producers that I started off with, I did with them. But otherwise, everything out there is my my own production. And back then, it wasn't filled with the the industry wasn't filled with social media and OnlyFans and such. So, what was it like to start doing porn in the mid aughts, and also not do it through that more traditional path? Yep, I mean, looking back now, I don't know how we did it. Um, because now you're lost without social media. It's where, where you go, it's where you advertise for yourself and promote yourself. So back then, I, I guess it was uh, Clips for Sale that really got me my big start. Mm -hmm. um, and I still sell my content on Clips for Sale as well as my website. Um, but for some reason, Clips for Sale was uh, a downloadable fetish, still is, mm. uh, site that was kind of new to the industry. Like nobody really heard of this downloadable Clips. It didn't exist yet. Yeah. And Neil Orkin, the owner of Clips for Sale, he's the one that developed this and came up with it. And I was at a foot fetish party, one of his foot fetish parties in Tampa. And he said, you know, you're starting to slowly build a name for yourself. You should consider opening up a studio and producing and doing your own thing. So I had already thought about that after shooting with some producers in the Tampa area. And, and that's what I did. So clips for sale was like kind of our social media. That's where people went. And I started to get into the MILF uh, niche. Mm -hmm. And I guess people would search that word and then it would bring them to me because there wasn't anybody else doing MILF. That's right. There was nobody else doing MILF. <laughs> so that would make me a pioneer. <laughs> you're, you're the OG MILF. Yes, I am. Um, and then it just went, it went crazy, crazy viral. It was around the time of American Pie, the movie. Oh, so yeah. I didn't even know. But yeah. you don't just do MILF porn. Like you do, you do incest porn. Yes. Which is... Like one of the most popular niches that no one wants to talk about. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yes. I think someone called it something else instead of incest. They called it uh, domestic. 
<laughs> domestic porn or oh, something cool. like Let's that. Let's make it less sexy. Why yeah, call right. It domestic porn? What are we doing here? <laughs> like it is what it is. You yes, know? Yeah. Well, before we get into more about that niche, how about because you don't have you don't do a lot of interviews, we were saying. And so mm-hmm. I would I actually don't know the answer of, of what got you into porn in the first place. Yep. Um, it was it was quite by accident. Um, I was actually um dating my soon to be husband. And I was at his house, and he had a pool in the backyard in Tampa, Florida. And we were swimming around, and we were having cocktails. And um, I thought about the movie Ten, starring Bo Derek. It was many years ago. Okay. This movie with this beautiful model, Bo Derek, blonde. Uh, she comes out of the ocean. She's wearing like a white tank top, and of course, you can see her beautiful tits and nipples and. I was just thinking about that jumping in out of the pool. So I went inside. I said, I'm going to go change into something. And I put on a little tank top and some red panties. And the tank top said lifeguard on it. It had like a red cross with lifeguard. And I just jumped in the pool and jumped out and flipped my hair and started being silly. And he was taking pictures. And then he uploaded them. And he said, these look really good. I actually know of a website. I should maybe send these to they're having a hot wife or hot mom contest or something. <laughs> I didn't care. I was like, whatever, do whatever you want. I don't care. Okay. I'm like, they're tank top pictures. <laughs> what? Have fun. So he submitted. I won. And then it was like a check for $600. And I was like, $600 for just fooling around in the backyard. So I started to go down the rabbit hole and started looking and seeing um, where this could take, take me. What could I do? Because mm. at that time, I owned a hair salon and I was working in retail. So it was difficult working a lot and I I couldn't believe that I could make $600 that quickly that would take me two weeks to make that money back then working every day 10 hour days so of course you know I started thinking and um yeah and then that led me into looking at doing webcamming what kind of research were you able to do back then yeah that's tricky too uh, I guess what I, I did was I went to the website that I don't even remember the name of this, where we did the little contest. Yeah. And then, you know, you see all kinds of advertisements and be a webcam girl and make this amount of money and blah, blah, blah. So I, I just like went and checked, a, checked it out and then started reading more. And hmm. then I contacted the webmaster of the website. It was in the UK. And um, he told me, yeah, let's you do it. You, you know, do whatever you're comfortable with and. So I set it all up and filled out my little profile, took a few pictures, and went live and just waited for those little bells to go and hello. And then all the little fetishes started to come come out and surprise me, of course, every day was like... <laughs> You're kind of like, wait, people are into what now? Yeah. You know, it's like, you want me to, huh? Do I have what? <laughs> and you want me to do what with it? Oh, well, you want me to put it where? Hold on, I need to check the price menu. I'm not sure if I can or I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was it like highly regulated back then, like it is, like it seems to be now? No, no. It's it. I feel it's gone backwards. Today. Of course, yeah. I don't know if it's the political environment or what what it is. It's a little of everything, but it's really gone backwards today. Uh, you, you could just kind of do what you need to do so long as everyone was 18. Exactly, mm-hmm. consent. Uh, you know, and I always did everything by the book. So everyone I shot with, we always had model release forms, two forms of ID, did a little interview with them before and after the shoot. Uh, Are you under the influence? Did you do anything against your will? Were you injured or harmed? 
etc. Um, oh, it's a, you did all that without some sort of like law insisting you had to do it. Exactly. Mm, weird. <laughs> yes, I did that. <laughs> it's almost as if all that stuff's already in place. I know. Yeah, it is. I mean, I hope with, Mastercard is listening. You with know, the majority, like, <laughs> it is. There are of course going to be some bad ones out there that are, you know, uh, exploiting people and um, harming people. Yeah. And those people should be shut down, of course. Sure. But the rest of us are doing um, honest uh, work and sex work, and it's helpful for people. So, yeah. yeah. And what what was it like fooling around with yourself on a webcam? What, what were those early sessions kind of like? Well, how'd you feel? I'm not gonna lie. First couple of sessions, I had some wine. So, <laughs> and it was only like eleven in the morning, mm. but I was nervous so you know and I had never done this before so um but then once I just got into it and I started to take it seriously like as a business person and uh, I could see people are being vulnerable to me and they're really telling me things that they've never told anyone before yeah. and I started to feel a little responsible for these people and like a little connection to them and uh and then I fell right into it so like yeah, people- whatever fetish they were into I I would figure it out a lot of people will say that like sex work is partial like being someone's therapist like, definitely even when like like i did i did like when i used to webcam in college like they the site i was on like you put like keep little notes on people so i would like write these extensive notes for the regulars just to be, keep track of like this one's divorced this one thinks he might be bi this one's this this one <laughs> likes me to just be a gross dude right it's like you just keep track so you can be oh yeah and then how are things going with jennifer right it's like you can <laughs> yes. just like pop back into a conversation eggs there you, you go so you had those types that's that's very that's very good of you very good uh customer service i just try to be the best where i can be you know, <laughs> exactly <laughs> an ethical slut <laughs> and that, as, as we do try i've had have, have had those authors on the show oh really oh yeah oh wow that's fantastic i have the book and i i need to read it i haven't read it yet oh, but I've, so i just got the book a little while ago like 70 percent in there's like a random like lesbian orgy fisting scene and you're like why is this in the book okay like, just in case yeah and then one day like i bought a copy <laughs> for my sister when she was in college did not take it back with her I came home to visit one day. I walked in. My mom's on in the, on the couch in the living room reading the ethical side. That's like, oh, excellent. What did I do? What did I do? <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. So 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 you were you were nervous, and how, when did you feel like you were comfortable with it? Um, not. It didn't take me long at didn't all. Take long. And then I felt comfortable, and and then I was doing it on a daily basis, um, um, building up my name and my reputation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started to. Um, I got the idea that what I could do is put uh, a camera on a tripod and film myself doing some of the sessions that I was doing because mm-hmm. they were so, you know, interesting and, and different that I thought this is really, this is good content. Yeah. As long as that person isn't exposed, then. So I started filming myself doing certain sessions and then I started putting those that content on clips for sale and I started to go right up the, the little studio ladder and it's when I did the MILF content that it really snowballed and went crazy. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and so when did you uh, really... Exp- so, and that's like in the mid-late aughts, right? Something yeah. Something like that? Mm-hmm. So when when did you feel like things started like taking an inflection point up and going a little steeper and higher? Um, I would say that I cammed for maybe a year and started to build up a content library to really start to get online and uh, then after that year of camming, I was kind of done with that. It was a little tiring. I'm stuck in the house, stuck at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't like that. I wanted to be able to come and go and, you know, have a little more freedom. Yeah. 
So that's when I started to to shoot solo uh, stuff where I would just talk like point of view, talking to the camera, taking people's emails. I was marketing and advertising to everyone that I was camming with too, telling them I have a little website now. Uh, send me an email because back then there was no Twitter. Well, right. maybe there was, but we weren't using it. No Instagram. So it's send me an email and or kick. I had that app, oh. I think, kick. And tell me what you want to see. And I started just kind of listening to what everyone was telling me. So I'm kind of uh, custom. I'm kind of, I've kind of been made informed by all my fans and followers mm. because they've always been the ones telling me, oh, we'd like to see this or that. So, but again, now just going into like camming and starting your own website, that was not the, the, like the normal route back then, right? right? What, no. back at that time period, what was the normal way to get into porn? Uh, well, like I said, I kind of got into it by accident, so I never set out, but I was always in my own business. I owned a hair salon, uh, and I did nails for 14 years. Mm. So, you know, I was always in customer service and always thinking, I don't want to work for a corporate hair salon. I want to own the hair salon Mm. and work for myself. So when I got into doing the camming and I saw other producers in Tampa that are producing their own stuff, I thought, all I need is a tripod and a camera. Yeah. I'm the product, so I can do this. Um, but did you ever like meet other girls and like hear how they were getting into it and be like, I did. That's not even close to how I did it. <laughs> like, um, what was the, yeah? The so norm? getting, I guess your question was uh, like, how would how other did people you get into get, it back then? How would other people get into it if they wanted to get into it? I guess you would have to go the route of I'm a model. Put yourself up. I did this too. I put myself up on one model place and mm-hmm. model mayhem. <clears throat> Uh, you put your little profile up there and what you're available for, and you kind of wait. It's just yeah. like being an actor in Hollywood. You know, you go out there, you try out. You can also reach out to other producers, mainstream or, uh, you know, more amateur producers, like in the fetish uh, end of things, and say, you know, I'm a fetish model. I do tickling. I do foot worship. I do whatever you do, A to Z. And then you get jobs working for other producers. You really just kind of hang your wares out there and hope somebody wants yes. to use you. And you're yeah. just like, I got And that's it. a come and go and, you know, money that can come and go. And it's not like a sustainable way to, to do this full time. So that's what I saw immediately. I was like, I don't want to wait for a job here and a job there. And what do I do in the meantime? I have to continue to work in retail, which I don't want to do. Mm-hmm. So I just thought, let me just start my own production company and see where it goes so that I, I'm not, you know, uh, at the mercy of always hoping that someone's going to contact me and want me to shoot. And I think this might also be uh, in the nature of the lack of social media at the time. But, you know, you didn't did you feel tapped into like the porn community at all? Uh, did you have porn friends? Did you? No, no. Yeah. Nope. I was more in the salon industry and then in retail um, and family. Sure. So, yeah, didn't have any porn friends or no. Right. You weren't, you no weren't wild, crazy life. Scene. No. Because um, like today on Twitter, like there's like there's like porn community. There's yep. like people, everyone kind of knows each other mm-hmm. and people are supporting each other online or they're getting to beef online. Right. It's like, and it's kind of all out there. Yeah. Um, so but it seemed like you just never really were tied into any of that. No, yeah. I wasn't. It's wild. Um, because I kind of lived, lived a little double life. Yeah. You know, I was married. I had finally gotten married and he was in the Marine Corps. Uh, he was a great guy. Um, and we, he, he uh, supported what I was doing 
because he knew I wanted to get out of retail and maybe this could be a way out. He's a very open-minded guy, but he was also in the corporate world and uh, in the more conservative end of it. So he was like, I just ask that we keep this under wraps, you know, mm-hmm. quiet, below the radar. I don't want to do, you know, I don't want to be uh, exposed. Sure. So I said, okay. And this was so many years ago too that it wasn't as accepted you know, as it is today. So it was a little like I was literally living two lives. I was the mom and the family wife and, you know, the wife and the mom and the family person. Mm. Uh, And then when everybody was away at work, I would shut the doors, turn on my camera and you were Rachel who Steele. knows who I was then? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Were you, did you always go by Rachel Steele? I did. Yeah. Yep. Was that stressful doing the double life? It was. And I really didn't realize it until just recently mm-hmm. how stressful because it's it's like being closeted and it was very shamed. And I was living in Florida. Florida has a big community of uh, porn and, yeah. and fetish people. But this was 15 years ago. So they weren't out. Like mm-hmm. this was kind of underground and quiet and there were some fetish conferences and stuff like that, but that's it really. So, um, yeah, so I, I was always closeted whenever we would go out as a couple, uh, somebody would say to him, what do you do for work? And he could quickly spout off, uh, audio visual, uh, uh, Southern business communications. Uh, uh, and I'd be like, what do you do for work? And I'd look like a deer yeah. stuck in the headlights. Hair salon, hair salon, say hair salon. It's like, don't say porn, don't say porn. Yeah. It's like, I work in hair salon, big tits. I'm sorry, I'm, <laughs> my bad, hair salon. I work. No, and it was, it's sad because I was literally would have to silence. Like I wouldn't, couldn't, didn't say anything. So then I would just literally be the wife, mm-hmm. like his wife, because I have nothing to add to the conversation because I have nothing to share because I'm not sharing what I, who I really am and what I really do. I'm not in the hair salon industry any longer. Yeah. So what are you doing now with your life? Which, and I would just be quiet like, oh, well, I, I, I you know, I'm just his wife. <laughs> so that went on and on. Uh, and unfortunately, he passed away mm-hmm. uh, in 2014 suddenly. And he always said to me, you know, as long as I'm alive, I don't want to be outed with with what we're doing so it was kind of shameful when i look back um but that's just the way that he wanted things to be for his life um and so yeah i just once he passed away that's when i just said no more i'm not gonna uh keep this to myself anymore Mm -hmm. so and then i came back to maine which is my hometown to kind of heal and process things and decide what i want to do since I moved back here, everyone that I met, I told them right away who I was, what I did for work. And if they stuck around, they were my friend. If they didn't, oh, well. <laughs> That's awesome. But it breaks my heart to hear that you, it's not that there's anything wrong with like, quote unquote, just because I don't want to diminish like, you know, being someone's wife, being a homemaker. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but like having things like things that I'm sure you were proud of and exactly. making this money and not being able to share it and kind of having to like pretend to be what you know quote-unquote just a wife to him and then you don't get to add to your exciting business accomplishments Mm -hmm. i sold a custom for a thousand dollars which is five times markup for me normally just for polishing my toenails right like (laughs) and and, but to not be able to do say that it's like exactly it sucks or when we would travel places why are you guys traveling to you know wherever and it was usually for work because we wanted to shoot in other places and then i would just have to make up little things oh that's where he wants to go and 
you know, and oh, it really, I, I just, I just did it because I was in it and I didn't see any other way that you can do it. So yeah. I just knew that we have to keep this hush hush. So I purposely tried to stay below the radar and I was growing in popularity and we were almost trying to strangle that. Like, don't let it get too big. Like, were you getting Then recognized? people will know. I'm like, but aren't they supposed to know? Wait, I'm confused. It's the idea. It's like, if I'm going to do this, if I'm going to do it, like, let's fucking do it, exactly. right? Exactly. Like, let's be the best. Let's be the OG MILF. Let's be the top in a category if we're going to do it at uh-huh. all. And yeah. so were you getting recognized on the street during that time period? I was, yeah. Was that causing any rifts or strife? Nope. Uh, people have always been really respectful whenever okay. they've noticed and come up to me. Uh, if I was with other individuals, they would, you know, they've never just walked up. Oh, my God, you're Rachel Steele. And I have like my entire family with me. Right. So, yeah, but I've been recognized. And yeah, so that well, that was one reason, you know, another reason why I didn't do mainstream. But I also uh, really was my entrepreneur mind. Mm-hmm. I just want to have my own production company. I want to shoot for myself unless I like someone out there like Nina Hartley or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, somebody else that I totally respect and would work with them, I would shoot for them. Sure, sure. Yeah. So now, now how'd you get into the, the fetish, the category that you are most known for? How, how did incest porn become the, if I searched it on Napster back in those days, like it's like two thirds are your, are your clips. (laughs) Yeah. How'd that happen? So I really, I really owe it all to, um, uh, uh, a client, um, a customer, fan, follower, whatever you want to call him. But he sent me um, early on. I had just started. I started off solo. Then we decided that this was becoming a little too taxing to try to do uh, solo and working with just my husband with his face out of the camera. Mm-hmm. It was a little tricky to, to film point of view, you know. Uh, and we're wanting him to play my son and he was just a few years younger than me. So we needed that contrast, you know, but it was when I started to say, okay, I need to start, start shooting with other males. And he agreed. Uh, we hired, we, we got this email from a customer and it was Jack. I am your mother was the title of it with like an exclamation point. Um, and I read, it was like three pages and I read it and I was like, oh boy. Was it a script? Yeah, a script. Ah. So then I was like, oh, 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 you might want to, you know, read this. And he read it and he said, absolutely not. That's nope, nope. We can't shoot that. That's, uh, that's illegal. And I was like, well, it's not illegal because this person is not related to me. He is 23 and he signed, uh, you know, all of the paperwork. So this is fantasy, so we can do this. So he, with he, you know, wasn't crazy about the idea, but he just was like, "You do what you're going to do." So I said, "We're going to shoot this." What did you this. think about it? I thought it was great. Yeah, I was, I was like, "Wow, this is, this is because it was mom son sex." Mm-hmm. So, and I really never read about that, or you know, I I'd never seen any porn like that. It had, been, so, it had been a while since uh, Kay Parker's days with Taboo. Exactly. <laughs> and I actually reached out to her and spoke to her because I was compared to her. 
her early days. I would, Somebody said, oh my gosh, you remind me and look like Kate Parker. It's a no-brainer. You yeah. two are like, I mean, because her was a whole different era. Yeah. Like she was that of that era and I feel like you are that of now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think she's off in California with crystals now. I she think. is, yeah. She's like <laughs> metaphysical guide, spirit guide now or something. Yeah. I reached out to her and she said, oh no, no, no. You don't want me in your movies. No. <laughs> but... Um, I don't know where were we. Well, you had, you did that first Jack I Am Your Mother scene. Oh and yeah, I assume I, it I, went well. I shot it, and it was a thirty minute uh, film. It took yeah. th- thirty minutes. Well, edited. It was thirty minutes, yeah. three parts, and um, thirty minutes edited. How long is that? Like raw footage? It's like a two hours, like two hours, two or more wow. hours. Okay. Yeah, and um, yeah, it was pretty tricky, and we put it out. Jack, comma, I am your mother with an exclamation point. Because the whole preface was he was upset about a girlfriend uh, breaking up or something. And they always I was, are. Yeah, and I was <laughs> trying to console him in the motherly way. And uh, then he just started to get turned on and a little more demanding and wanted to have sex. Mm-hmm. So, uh, spoiler alert, I, I did. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, spoiler alert, uh, she does help the I son with sex. the casted arm. Uh, <laughs> two two arms in a cast. How often is that? What happen? a shame. Um, yeah, what a, I guess I can help. Uh, yes. Just, I feel like there are about like five incest porn storylines um, that, that get recycled. Uh, oh, yeah. The pizza man, the... The plumber, the electrician. Um, I think Corey Chase did do a funny one where uh, the the, uh, the stuck she mi- mixed the uh, the incest with the stuck porn, and I think I, we had a fun conversation on the show about a couple years ago of like how stuck porn is like the funniest of the porn. I don't. I've never heard of stuck porn. Oh my god! It's oh no, I'm stuck. Oh oh no! Like you're stuck, I'm, you can't get out. So someone my, then the so arms, then someone mounts you. Someone needs to help. <laughs> oh, can you just pull harder? Oh no! How'd your dick get? Oh while no! Me? Oh well, since it's there, like, like one was like I'm stuck <laughs> under the couch, look <laughs> reaching for something. I can't get out anymore. Oh, I son, can you help? But like you could just lift the couch, right? But no, we'll we'll try to. <laughs> it's just it's exactly just the most ridiculous of the porns. Yeah. I think is the I'm stuck porn. Anyways, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, um, but it sounds like you but you kept doing more of those. Yeah, well, so, you know, we did that one and we threw it up there on to see how it would do sales wise. And it went crazy. Yeah. I guess it went like viral and just shot shot us right to the top of the charts. And I was like, OK, we need to do more of this. And this what, mother son. And what do you think is about incest porn that has people going nuts? Because it is one of the most searched mm-hmm. porn keywords. Yep, it is. Um, I'm guessing that it's just so taboo, mm-hmm. you know, anything that we're told we can't or we shouldn't do people want yeah. like a cookie in the cookie jar. You know, you want that if they're, if you're told you can't or you shouldn't. I didn't want it before, but you and, told me I can't. Yeah, now exactly. I <laughs> mm. And I think too, psychologically that, you know, there's, um, and I'm not a psychologist or, um, I only I've play played one, one. I have a very low cut lab coat upstairs <laughs> and some fake glasses, of course. Uh, and of course, some white stiletto heels, because that's what, you know, psychiatrists wear. Right. They wear the white ones. Those are more yeah. conservative. Yeah. Uh, but the, not after Labor like Day. It's that would be. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, are there any other like uh, fetishes or, or categories of porn that you think are like similar to incest, where it's about the tra- this huge social transgression? Um, well, you know, it's kind of funny because 
I, I've been noticing that I think it's almost like a little bit of discrimination because you can do daddy stuff, mm-hmm. but when it's mommy stuff, you get really uh, red flags. Mm-hmm. Like there's so much daddy porn, you know, older men with teenage, teenage looking girls. Um, and it's okay. But as soon as you do mom, son, it's not okay. So I find like there's a little discriminatory yeah, it will, can, and I feel like there's, I, I've heard actually multiple explanations for why this is, but I feel like I would trust no one more than you with this, with this question, which is why, the, why, why do you have to, why the step? Why the, why is step yep. now the ubiquitous thing? And you really kind of only have to go to you. I feel like I've, I don't, I, it's very hard to find anything that doesn't have step. Yeah. I don't know, to be honest with you, it's, it seems to be the banks, yeah. um, you know, like, we talked earlier, the credit card uh, processing, they have a say as to what's a, what's allowed to be used in language. Yeah. And now, even on like OnlyFans, if you're typing away and you use the word young, it comes up mm-hmm. that you have to, you can't use that word. You can't use the word gangbang on OnlyFans. Really? Out. Yeah. yeah. You How can't I- use boy. You can't mm-hmm. use girl. You can't use young, younger, I don't think. I don't know that you can use the word teen. You don't know until you hit enter. And then they go like restricted word. Exactly. So strange. So it's, and like I said, you know, in, uh, in the past, it wasn't this way. Now it is so controlled. It's like so censored. Mm -hmm. And, um, I don't know We're we're in the industry. We're all trying to make a difference with that. We're all working to do that. There's a, like an actor's alliance for adult, adult actors alliance or something and they're mm-hmm. taking legal steps hiring attorneys and stuff to help to change the language um because you know as long as you're you're 18 years old you agree to enter this website the, the language everything is clear that this is fantasy role play mm-hmm. fantasy role play not we're working with our family members we're going against the laws you know it's I do I don't know. It's so I think it's just it goes to the banks. Yeah. Did doing the incest porn ever weird you out or? No, no, not yeah. at all. Yeah. You're just like this. And great. there's a lot of people that it does. Yeah. Um, a lot of people. Yeah. They. I, I, to me, it's just nothing. It's just another f- fantasy, and and it's just another kink. Do you ever get pushback from other performers? Like if you tried to book somebody and they were like, "Whoa, I don't." I, I don't I do have. That. Yeah, I have actually. Yeah. Yep. I've um had people refuse to come shoot because they're like, I don't want to be associated with that content. It's so, wild. To and me. then I also have uh, you know, I don't just do MILF porn, but I also do Damsel in Distress and Wonder Woman. Uh Wonder Woman always gets it. Mm-hmm. So because she always gets her belt taken away. So oh, she no. loses her powers. <laughs> and she gets stuck sometimes too. <laughs> actually. Even Wonder Woman gets stuck on yeah. occasion. Oh, oh no, whatever shall we do? Yeah, well, <laughs> just tune in and you'll see. Um I do, are you have you had do you have you been using like the step modifier yourself? I felt like I, I don't see it as much. No, um I I haven't been using it. And um, then how do you like are you, do you get worried you're going to randomly get your processing pulled or like how does how is it that you're able to do that and then all these other studios are kind of mitigating with yep. this stuff? I think that um, my um, my fiance is my content manager and he's he's had to go in and manually change words. Mm-hmm. So we have um, changed some of our words like in the titles, but not like We've in the content itself. Uh, in the content, no, yeah. there's nothing. Once it's there, it's there. You know, yeah. 
Fantastic, fantastic. Yeah. What What more do you want, like, in your career? Like, is there a type of porn you haven't done yet that you want to? Or are there people that you really want to shoot with that you're kind of waiting on? No, um, I would like to do a movie about my life. Mm. That's what I would like to do next. Yeah? And... Um, right now, I'm I'm still shooting porn actively, but in my own uh, time when I feel like it. So it's nice. I don't have to, you know, I'm not under the gun. I don't have to provide content all the time. I've got so much content now mm. that I'm able to just kind of take it easy and work at my own pace. Yeah. But I would like to do a movie about my life because it's pretty interesting. You know, were you raised with with like an open view on sexuality or what, what's no, that background like? No, I was like? raised in New England family, very conservative, uh, not religious. They would drag us to church, you know, twice a year, mm-hmm. you know, for what, Easter and Christmas or something just to make it look good. But yeah, no, I was raised in a very sex negative family, um, very... Um, shamed very not talked about um not a very healthy environment yeah and i left pretty early had a a rocky teenage a few rocky teenage years and you bolt you bolted pre-18 yeah yeah i did Mm-hmm. Was there like a like a singular event, or was it more of just a build up, and and it was a you know this is my last straw, I'm out of here. Yeah, it was just such a negative, unhappy household. Uh, my father was very, um, uh, what's the word? Like um, he was there, but he wasn't there. Absentee. Yes. Yeah. Even though he was there, he wasn't there for us. You know, mm-hmm. he wasn't someone I could talk to and confide in and share with. Just a very quiet sort of read the paper kind of dad you know the paper's always flipped up so you don't talk to someone when the paper's Mm. up like that it was just that kind of and then they got divorced and uh once they were divorced he was doing his own thing and she was miserable and i was there and i just was like this place this sucks i'm getting out of here (laughs) where do you bolt to i who do you bolt to yeah at the time i just took off and uh hung out in my friend uh i had like a boyfriend and he had a big a uh, barn with a big huge loft so mm. i literally slept up in the loft for a couple of weeks yeah. and then bebopped over to someone else's house someone had an apartment i stayed there for a little while and then i realized that this isn't very sustainable so i uh, got a job at a nursing home and they hired me full-time so i was able to make a pretty decent paycheck and got an apartment and started my life when i was like 17 yeah and then, and then you met the uh, the Marine uh, vaguely around there. Or is that long after? Oh no, that was long after. Okay. Yeah. Because I because you know you do you do uh, you do age math in your head, but also like you're gorgeous and seem to not age. So uh, from when I, I first started seeing, <laughs> yeah, it was like from 15 years ago. Now it looks about the same to me. Thank so, you. So so I'm just like I don't know if uh, you know when you met him in that timeline. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up living uh, moving into Boston. Hmm. Um, Worked in a bar, and that's where I met my first husband. Uh, he was in the army, so we moved to Hawaii. I had two babies right away, yeah. and things weren't working out with him. He was a drinker, and he was starting to get a little violent. These so. are all elements of a, of a good film. This yes. All, oh my the god. First of, uh, the and first I left twenty-five out, minutes of a biopic have all these elements involved. And I left out the boyfriends that I had when mm-hmm. I was a teenager, and the. The situations I got into, like I was almost um, killed twice. Wait, excuse you, what? 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 How did you almost? 
Yeah, that, this was boyfriends when I was so 17 or so. Like right um, before you left home? Yeah, I, I had left home and mm. I got a job and I was I met this uh, guy. I moved in with him. Mm. I guess I was 17 or so. Um, and we were together for like a year and he was becoming very... Um, obsessive he would have friends over and whenever his friends came he said you have to go to the room i don't want you in the living area when my friends are coming in mm. and i was like what why would i go to the room and sit there in a bedroom by myself and stare at the wall while you have friends over i want to hang out too yeah and keep in mind this was a long time ago you know so yeah. women's rights have come a long way and a lot of things have come a long way and he said no, and he insisted, and so they were already in the house, so I just went to the room. When they left, we had a big argument, because I was like, this is bullshit. Um, I don't know what kind of girl you think I am, that I'm just going to be this uh, passive, and you know, you're know, you just going to push me into another room and hide me away. I, and what kind of girl you're scared I am that I can't hang out with exactly, your friends? You think I'm going to blow everybody in front of you? Like what? I know. And <laughs> we got into a huge fight and he jumped on top of me and started strangling oh me. And I ran um, and he chased me and he had a knife and it was just crazy. And it happened again with another boyfriend um, when I was, I think I was 16. Another mm. boyfriend also chased me through a field with a knife because I wanted to break up. So he was like, if you can't, if I can't have you, no one will. That kind of mentality. Yeah. So yeah, that's why I'd like to do a movie because there'd be a lot of action scenes from starting from all this abuse and this negative sex shaming. Uh, and the men, you know, in my life back then were just the sexual uh, encounters and everything was really bad. Do you really? think those uh, encounters informed your future dating practices since they happen at these like such formative ages at 16, 17? Yeah, I mean, I really, uh, I didn't have very good experiences. So um, after that, I, I moved into Boston. And I met my soon-to-be first husband, mm -hmm. uh, who seemed like a great guy. But then it turned out that after he was in the army for a while, he really wasn't happy and he started to drink and uh, then he started to dabble in cocaine um, because cocaine you can do because it's out of your system in two or three days. Mm -hmm. And in the military, you can sneak, you can get away with that, which is not a positive thing, you know, when you're trying to make a life for yourself. So yeah. um, I went three years with that. He became abusive. I left him that's when I moved to Tampa, Florida. Um, and that's when my whole life went from being a mom, a single mom, uh, with, you know, some abusive relationships into boom. Now I'm a single mother on my own, living in Tampa, doing nails at a nail salon. And that's where I with a seemingly supportive there. boyfriend or, or, or husband. Um, when I came to Florida, I had no, I had left. Sure. But the father, the, the next, the next guy, uh, the one you you start when you, who when you started doing porn, you know the one who submitted you is he seemed fairly supportive. Oh yeah, he was he was a great guy. Yeah, but yeah. I had to work my way up to meeting him. <laughs> yeah. Do you see like the the way like the culture is today around relationships and consent and abuse and all that? I mean, does part of you think like kind of wish you you got to do your teenage college those years during this era where this is kind of the climate? 
Um, I, I don't wish that for myself just only because I'm a firm believer in whatever happens in your journey is meant to, to get you where you are. Mm -hmm. And if you can use these things as learning lessons instead of, Oh, I made such bad mistakes. That was bad. I didn't do that. Oh, I should have done this. I should have, should have. I just look at it like, this is what happened. This is what I've gained from it. This is what I've learned. And this is where I am now because I had those difficult times. Now I can, I can handle anything that comes my way. So I look at it in a positive light, but, uh, looking back at where, where we've come today, sexually abuse wise, women's rights, we've come a long way for sure. Yeah. Yeah. A, 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 an improved world that your kids get to live in, not to get into your yeah. kids, but just the idea that they'll get yep. to be in hopefully better positions. And also women today. Now it's, it's just way, way more known that if you're being abused, you know, say something, there's places to go. There's resources out there where mm. Before it was, you know, keep it quiet. Do you really want to tell someone about this? Do you really want people to know? It, it was very shamed, mm -hmm. you know, on us. And I remember um, I called the police because um, my husband uh, threw a chair at me when I was eight months pregnant with my daughter. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's it. That's it. And I called the police. They came and I said, he threw a chair. It's smashed to pieces. It's down the trash chute which is in the basement. So there's the evidence is in the basement, the broken chair. And he's standing, my husband is standing behind me in his uh, army uniform. And the cops looked at me and they looked at him and they're like, well, we don't see any marks on you, ma'am. I was like, no, that he didn't strike me. He threw a chair at me and I'm pregnant, which shouldn't matter yeah. anyway, but you so know, a little bit of preventative action. Exactly. Here. Yeah. And I go, so could you just remove him? Because I don't feel safe. And yeah. they were like, like we said, there's no marks on you. There's really nothing we can do. He's on the lease, isn't he? I said, yes, he is. And they said, well, here's a card for an abuse shelter. You can move. You can leave. And I was like, I see. I see. So I did. The next morning I left and I took off and left him and ended up coming to Florida. So many, so many of these moral reformists want to talk about like abuse that goes on in the adult entertainment industry and this and that, and not that it doesn't exist at all, but mm -hmm. you know, like here porn was a, was liberation for you. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. You got to a liberation got to for me and, and a fuck you to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So, yep. Do you ever hear from any uh, exes who then discovered that you like realized oh, you were doing and hit up and be like, I hey, I saw you doing some hot stuff and uh, hey, how, what's going on? <laughs> yes, that's happened. <laughs> but I also had an ex who was also very twisted, like most of them were, yeah. um, who contacted me and told me what a whore I was, what a dirty whore and, you know, that I was probably full of disease, just mm -hmm. things like, and I hope, he hopes that I die and rot my diseased uh horror body so yeah i've heard from some exes <laughs> this one seems nice oh Your yeah he's fiance. a keeper yeah <laughs> yeah uh what, yeah, what's the totally backstory? different what's the backstory with him so um i i told you i i lost the good husband mm -hmm. he passed away and uh, i left and i moved back here to maine which is where i was born and raised and felt like this would be a good place to come and just get my bearings, figure out what am I going to do? What, what do I want? What do I want to do? And, um, so I was dating on Tinder on some of the apps 
And wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Rachel Steele was on the apps? Yeah. Wait, we just had to be in Maine? Oh, that was not or my... Or Boston. <laughs> I, I, I widened the search because there was not a lot of pickings. So I was like, well, I could do Massachusetts too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not ready for New York yet, but I'll just do Boston <laughs> and Maine and see what happens. <laughs> that is insane uh, to me. Yeah. Because I will see porn performers, particularly ones I've either interviewed or who like I, I whose numbers I have, and I'll, and I'll see like... That's not eight, some 18-year-old name, whoever. Like, that's Alex Chance. This is not. She lives in Vegas. She's not here in New York. I've got to report. Like, I've had so to report. they're using their pictures for profiles or whatever. Someone tried to, like, catfish me as Kendra Sunderland. Do you know who that is? No. Um, she, she was, like, that library. The girl who got, like, arrested in the Oregon library, like, years back. It was a big news item. But it was, like, so, so like, I've interviewed her twice. Mm-hmm. And so this guy's trying to catfish me and talk to me on a dating app like, he's not Kendra but using all of Kendra's pictures and I'm just trying to be like motherfucker like I know who this is (laughs) like I've talked to her I've been in a room with her I've hugged her I know her publicist's phone number what are you trying to play off by it's so weird to me but but you it was like it was real did anybody Mm -hmm. go like you're Rachel Steele or you can't be Rachel Steele this must be fake like I'm surprised (laughs) you were allowed to have a profile because I would imagine everyone would just think that it was fake (laughs) no I I no, no one did. That's amazing. Um, but I did um, go. I I had a meet with a guy, and um, we grabbed a coffee and went for a walk on the beach to just kind of get to know each other. And we're walking, and I'm talking away, blah blah blah. And he's just looking at me, listening. And I thought, I wonder why he's staring at me. Like he's, it's a little. I wish he would like look look at the water or something, not just stare at me this whole time. Yeah. And then I just turned to him and I was like, do you want to share anything about yourself? He's like, I have to tell you something. I have to. I was like, okay, go ahead. He's like, I know who you are. I was like, oh, 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 well, oh, well, all right then. Cat's out of the box. So what do you want to do now? <laughs> How did that date end? Um, we just met for coffee and then he became a, a regular cub of mine. I played with him a little bit here oh, and there. Oh, yeah. I didn't know. Uh, so in real life, you would identify as a cougar. Definitely. Oh, yep. gosh, you're just solidifying a lot of people's fantasies as reality. Look at yep. you. <laughs> yeah, I guess even before I started shooting all this stuff, I was kind of living living that lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, and then how'd you, and you met this one on an app? Oh, yeah. So, um... So I met John. Um, he's a fan. Okay. So I was uh, doing something on social media, and I don't remember what it was, but he responded, and I was sc- literally like on my phone scrolling with my thumb through all these people that had responded. Maybe, you know, a hundred or more had responded, and I was scrolling through all these little you know, the size of a dime, their images. Yeah. And I just saw his image and stopped on it, opened it because I liked what I saw, what I could thought that I saw. And I clicked on it and I was like, yes, I was right. He's he's good looking. I like him. He's good looking. I like him. And I, he was wearing a t-shirt that said, um, I believe it was At The Gates, which is like this metal band that nobody really knows about. Okay. Um, but I did. Um, so I said hello to him and he was very surprised he told me that i responded to him you slid in his dm yeah i said hello i like your sleeves because he has two sleeves and i like your shirt i know that band Hmm. and then he was like oh my god rachel Steele responded 
whoa. And so he started talking to me just, hi, hi, Rachel, you know, nice and calm. He didn't go all over like, oh, uh, I'm such a big fan. You know, he didn't stumble or anything. So we just started chatting and and then he's like, I'm in New York if you ever want to come. And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. I'm going to go to New York. I don't know who you are. I'm going to go to your apartment and stay in New York City. Yeah, right. I'm like, if you want to meet me, you can come here to Maine, to my front porch, where all the neighbors know me and I'm safe. So he came. Again, <laughs> wait, we had to just be near Maine? Like, I think a lot people, we, we would have done that. That's, if only we knew. Who would have thought? <laughs> I think I was posted, I was like, I didn't even know there were porn stars in Maine. Like, incredible, right? Like, I think I'm the only one. <laughs> you, might, you might be, right? Yeah. <laughs> and how was that lovely porch uh, porch date that he drove six oh, hours yeah. for? Oh, yeah. So, well, he flew and I picked him up in Boston. So then mm. we had a two-hour drive home. So that was a little awkward because... I'm driving and I don't know him and, you know, I have to keep my head straight looking at the road and he was nervous too. So, but we got here for the, he stayed for the weekend and, um, it was just a little awkward and smiley, but happy. Um, and I told him he had to sleep down the hall. I have a guest room upstairs and I was like, you really should probably just, you should just sleep down the hallway until I get to know you a little bit better. And, you know. And he was like, no, no way. (laughs) He's like, oh, no, I came all this way. Not that I have to sleep with you, but I really want to. And you want to, too. I can tell because we were both very attracted to each other. Yeah. So I just, I just, I caved. You caved. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then we started to see each other back and forth, back and forth. Mm -hmm. I was really uh, exploring being poly. Um, I was sort of having a relationship with somebody at the time when I started seeing John Mm. and I told him about, I told them both about each other so that they both knew. So it's ethical. Um, and I was like, I think maybe I might want to do this. And then things started to not work out with the other person. And I started to become, have more feelings for John. John started more feelings for me. Mm. He was also living a poly lifestyle as well. Uh, and then we both just decided after, you know, eight, nine months, we want this to be exclusive, so oh. so we decided to. I was do about that. to say I didn't realize you were part of the tribe, but uh, so so what was that decision about? Because um, you were both so poly curious, or yep, yep, yeah, yeah because we were we were, it, you know we both had come to a point in our lives. I guess I was five or six years solo, and he also has his story to tell. Mm-hmm. He's he was five years in New York solo as well, and we we're both kind of at a point where we were really seeking a relationship of some kind, sure. a little more than just, you know, fuck friends and mm. fuck buddies and stuff like that. We really, we both didn't realize it, but we were both kind of seeking that. Mm. So then when we started to become really uh, comfortable and happy and really enjoying each other's company and missing each other, um, other people started to become less important and less in, in our vision. You know, we started to become more like tunnel vision with just each other. Mm-hmm. And that's when we both had a conversation, you know, because he was like, I'm going to go off with so-and-so. And I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm going to take off with so-and-so. And we both didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Like, we didn't want to do it. So we're, we're just trying to be very true, uh, very truthful with each other, with our communication right from the beginning. So we don't have any of this, uh, you know, when you get into a relationship, you can oh, I don't want to say that. I don't want to upset him or her. Mm -hmm. We don't want to do that. So we've kept it very open with communication. That's wonderful. Yeah, and then we can have whatever it is that we both want 
and desire and it's going to evolve our relationship will yeah. grow and evolve and it can it can change directions but we're both open and aware of all the different relationship dynamics out there so like yeah. in theory if if either of y'all wanted to like be like practice non-monogamy again exactly you both know that like it may turn out to the conversation may end with a no but it's not scary to just go and have that conversation Absolutely. where so many people if you just bring up the idea hey i've been reading about this or i heard about that like would you maybe be interested not only would it be a no it becomes a fight and it's yeah. like it should never be a fight to ask if you know love and trust that person absolutely because like, if you trust that they will respect the no and they're not gonna go cheat on you exactly then it shouldn't be an affront exactly just be like don't think that it's going to be for me or I'm not in a place for that right now or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. the person accepts it and then like, boom, the, yeah. it's mind boggling to me when people just have big fights just about asking. Yeah. So. And that's a shame because if you can't just, just talk about something like that, mm -hmm. then how are you going to deal with the big things in life that come and happen? Mm -hmm. Big things will happen, you know? So what if someone cheats? Is yeah. that it? It's a deal breaker. It's over. 10 years you've been together or whatever, and now one cheat and it's over. Or is it something you can talk about? Well, maybe we should be having sex with other people. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's so many relationship dynamics that are out there. We've been lied to about, you know, what we, what a lot of us know. Yeah. And so it's good to have that open line of communication without the threat. A lot of guys, as you know, fantasize about sleeping with or dating a porn star, mm -hmm. especially a porn star they're a fan of. And, you know, it sounds like he approached it in a respectful way. Also, because apparently you were just leading the way on that. You little rascal, you. <laughs> um, what are some ways that what are some things he did that were that made it more respectful and appropriate? Like, should any of my listeners find themselves oh so lucky to be in a similar situation? What's a way they cannot fuck that up? Yeah, I would say the things to look for in a partner when you're a porn star mm -hmm. uh, is that they are not so um, starstruck with you that you're not just an uh, arm candy or some sort of bucket list thing, unless you're looking for that. Don't mm -hmm. get me wrong. If you just like to fuck fans, go for it. I, I did. That was my dating pool. <laughs> like everyone I've been involved with since I... Um, left Florida has been fans. Mm -hmm. I've got them all over the world. I've got one in <laughs> Ireland, one in Scotland, one in Italy, and I fucked them all. Whenever I'm doing a Europe tour, I'm like, check, check, check. I'll get laid here, 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 and here. Safely laid. Yeah. You know, where I don't have to go out and to a bar or anything like that. I just already have them you lined really up. You really are an ethical slut. I am, you yeah. You really are. <laughs> I'm very happy to learn that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so he, he wasn't acting starstruck. That's a big right, one. He wasn't like that. And um, he he just treated me like a normal human being, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and he respected where I am in my life and what I want to do and what my goals and future plans might be. Um yeah, that's really, really it. Just mutual respect. He showed me a lot of respect. He still does. And mm -hmm. uh, respect for what I do for work. He he had respect for that, that it is work. And it's a lot of work um, where a lot of people think, you know, oh, you just get fucked. You're just hot and sexy and you get fucked. Oh, I, I want to be in porn. Especially men, they just don't even know the work that goes into it. Yeah. And in front of camera with lights and, you know, could be the hottest person in the world, but it's still 
a lot of pressure to yeah. perform. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, being in certain positions, everything is choreographed, um, you know, so it's not as uh, sexy as people think, you know. Right. Uh, and he understood that. He's, he's understood and respected all the work that I've put in when he saw, you know, all of my content. And the one of the sexiest, hottest things I still... I still fantasize about this one. He told me when he was 17 years old, he was masturbating to me, watching my porn, watching my smoking videos. He was like masturbating to me. And and then all these years later, he's living in my house with me and we're engaged. <laughs> that is incredible. What a beautiful yeah. love story. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We've been together for two and a half years. Good for y'all. Yep. Good for yeah. y'all. Well, uh, Rachel, uh, thank you so much for, for sharing some time with us. You betcha. Uh, do you have like an extra maybe 10, 15 minutes for a little bonus episode? Sure, absolutely. I was thinking maybe you can uh, tell us a bit about like, you know, how to just be your own badass boss, whether it's in the adult uh, industry or not, especially for women listening. Uh, yep. You know, just like how, how to be that bad bitch who runs her own business, right? Yeah. So I think we could do that as a little bonus. But for now, you know, where can people go to find you, follow you, uh, consume your work, mm-hmm. uh, of, of which I can vouch for is... <laughs> wonderful there are plot lines it's not rushed there's right. i know the motivation of the characters involved mm-hmm. you know just <laughs> yeah we i i do make almost like soap operas yes you know there's definitely storylines it's not one of those where oh are you the plumber my pipes are all clogged you think you could remove the clog oh i don't even know I or it's, <laughs> you don't just walk in the room and be like oh hey son it's just like it's, yeah it's with like- my tits out uh you know, we have to know why does mom have her tits out? That's exactly. so strange. It's very out of character. My mom for her. never dressed like that. Yeah, is she okay? Is <laughs> yes. like mom okay? Do we need to call someone? You know, do we not need to call Aunt Carol? Yeah, like mom's got her tits out. Just in the kitchen. We need to know why. Ooh, Aunt Carol's know? coming over. Oh, oh, and now oh no, Aunt Carol needs. Oh, that's the other one. Oh, your aunt needs help getting pregnant. So oh, no. we're gonna help you impregnate her because she just needs a healthy young man. There you go. With your eye color. So it's yes. <laughs> okay. But I that's guess. all ethical (laughs) so yeah where can people go check out what you do um my website uh is where i have everything it's Mm -hmm. rachel-steel.com and then you can find with an e at the end yes s-t-e-e-l-e rachel-steel.com you can find me on twitter at red milf rachel um and my instagram i just opened another account because i've been shut down this has been the third time so it's so embarrassing i don't even want to mention my instagram because there's like nine photos and i think i have 26 followers <laughs> and i did have two hundred and sixty four thousand followers when they shut me down the first time so lame just for now find me on twitter and my website and my email address is all on twitter and on my website fantastic mm-hmm. and patreon people y'all will hear that bonus episode tomorrow but for now rachel why don't you go ahead and say goodbye to everybody all right well thank you so much and um i hope everyone is doing better now that corona's kind of changed and i'm just grateful i want to thank everybody for staying with me and supporting me through all the years and that's why i'm still continuing to shoot because you guys and gals keep me so motivated and inspired you you keep saying hello son the way you do we'll keep watching (laughs) and I already know the title of the Rachel Steele movie it's just one word MILF
gosh, what a my life is cool. Thank you all for uh, for listening to my conversation with Rachel Steele. Folks, I want to know what you thought about this week's episode. Do you also like incest porn? Are you a MILF? Have you gotten into the adult entertainment industry and want to share how that went for you? Bring any and all comments and conversation starters to the Champagne Room, our Discord server for all you fabulous fan whores. Introduce yourself today at manwhorepod.com slash discord. You can always email me your comments, your questions, your titty pictures, your criticisms, any and all that to manwhorepod at gmail.com. I read all the emails. I've got a lot of extra free time. And of course, you can call into the show and you've really got only this this week left. If you want to hear your audio feedback or your audio question on the podcast, call in today and leave a message at 646-580-1351. Rachel and I would love for you to not just follow us on social media, but shout out this episode. If you dug it, if you hated it, if something stood out to you, I'm at the Billy Presida. She's at Red Milf Rachel, and you can use the hashtag ManHorePodcast. Or share a clip with your friends and family on Instagram. Look, they would they look, your friends and family watch porn too. A lot of them probably also statistically they also watch incest porn. So you shouldn't feel so weird sharing a clip in your Instagram stories or something. So go ahead and do it today. Shoot me a tag at Billy is Presida. If you want to hear more of me with Rachel Steele, we got a bonus episode coming out tomorrow on Patreon. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash man whore podcast. I'm, uh, I'm reaching out to some exes again. We're going we're gonna to see how that works now in a, in a post-vax world. The one thing about the pandemic was it kind of fast-forwarded me almost two years. So certain like relationships and situationships and such, some past hookups that maybe were too soon to reach out to before all this shit started. There's a big batch of women I think it's time to, to reconnect with and to ask, why didn't we work out? Might even be time to hit a page. I don't know. You know, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But, uh, you know, I, I think it's time. Wish me luck. Stay slutty. Dogecoin to the moon. Ready to buy the dip. Start investing in cryptocurrency today with Coinbase. And you can get $10 worth of Bitcoin for free after signing up at manhorpod.com slash crypto. Come on, how much longer is this fiat thing going to last?